Talking with Topher is sponsored by SlowdownClothing.BigCartel.com, New Hampshire Vape Gallery, and NaturalBossNH.com. More on that later. Let's get in episode 130. And it again. <laughs> What is happening, TWT fans? It is September 29th, 2022, and how are all of you? I I hope everything is going well out there. I have got an exciting podcast for everybody. Um, I can't wait to get into it. So before we get into any of that, let me start off by saying thank you. Thank you to all the subscribers. I appreciate you uh, for subscribing, sharing, rating, all of the things that you do for the me and the podcast. Thank you so much. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Welcome to all my new subscribers. I greatly appreciate you as well. And of course, if you are new, new to the podcast and you uh, are just stopping by, checking it out, maybe just listening Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It is the one thing I'm asking everybody to do. It is the most important thing that you can do for me. And it really does help me come back week after week. All right. So go ahead and do all of those things. I greatly appreciate it. Of course, if you want to get more involved with the podcast, T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. Uh, maybe you got a question, maybe you want some advice, maybe you have a story that needs to be heard. Go ahead and send that email over to talkinwitover at gmail.com. And I'm on social media, so go ahead, give a follow. That's right, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Again, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Go give a follow, I appreciate it. And now let's get into today's episode. So I have a guest for all of you out there. I am super excited. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's uh, in jujitsu. She's competing. Um, she's an engineer, which we didn't even get to get into. So there's so much going on and uh, just an amazing, amazing person. So instead of me rambling on and on and on, let's get into today's episode. Talking with Sam Clay. Welcome. Uh, I'm super pumped to have you on. We, uh, the rapport that we have is actually mostly from Professional Martial Arts Academy, and I have not seen you in quite some time, um, but I can see that you've been keeping pretty busy with your competition and your jujitsu and everything like that. Um, super pumped to have you in studio, and um, why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on? on with you with your jujitsu and everything what's what's happening lately are you competing again yep so it's been a really busy uh spring and summer and now early fall already it just it seems like time is just going faster and faster um before the pandemic and before i had a baby my husband and i we used to compete every month but now it seems like we compete like once every few months Mm -hmm. um but it doesn't seem like it's been that long of a time, which is kind of interesting. So um, since Lucas opened his own school, we've been, you know, 
work, you know, working hard, trying to, you know, make sure get the team together, work hard, support each other, and also getting more and more people to compete. So, yeah. Yeah, that's been um, really great, really rewarding to see that, to be a part of that. And for this fall, um, I was originally planning on doing Nogi Pan American Championships in Texas, but unfortunately, work commitments uh, due to yeah. the uh, geopolitical situation um, is making it tough to travel um, in a few weeks. So most likely New Haven, uh, Connecticut Open is happening in November and Nogi World is in December. So, you know, there's definitely a lot more opportunities to compete. So we'll see. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And what do you find? What do, I'm so curious. Like, I don't do Nogi. I've only done Gi. I think I've done Nogi once. What, what do you find to be... Uh, I don't want to say easier because it's jujitsu. It's it's not easy. It's always difficult to a sense. But do you do you find it to be easier to do what you need to without the gi or with it? It, it depends. I find that with no gi, it can be more difficult to pass because you don't have as many grips to utilize to do some pres- the pressure passing that I like to do. Um, I find that to be more difficult. I do find certain things to be easier about no gi. For example, uh, chokes, guillotine chokes, Peruvian neckties, anaconda chokes, darce chokes, I find to be easier in no gi. Oh, really? Yep, because there's not as much um, gi fabric in the way to execute the choke. Oh, okay, that makes sense. No Mm -hmm. kidding. Yep. Yeah, it's a a different game. I love it. Wow. So how long, like, have you been doing gi, no gi since you started? Or was that something that you took on, like, you started doing gi once you got, like, to your blue belt or something? Like, when did no gi start for you? So my husband, when he had me start doing jujitsu, his philosophy is, you know, I want you to start doing no gi right away because a lot of people postpone that um, till it's too late. It's not, it's never too late, but they postpone it, like, you know, pretty far in their journey in the gi. And what we find is as people progress, the gap between their gi and their no gi is very wide. Yeah. Um, so I started training no gi right away. We we put as much importance in the no gi as the gi. Um, and I found that to be pretty beneficial as I've progressed because I find if you can do a move in no gi, it makes your gi game even easier. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, because the gi's not there, so you have to pull it off. And right. then if you can pull it off, no gi, kind of easy to find it with a gi. Right. Right? Am, yep. I, am I getting that? Okay. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, I've always, li- I've always liked no gi better. That's just kind of like my little secret. Um, so most well. people like the <laughs> gi better, but like I, I love no gi. Um, I love the physicality. I love the dynamics of it. It kind of feels like more of a realistic fight situation. Um, I love the faster pace of it personally. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. So so you said your husband got you into uh, uh, jujitsu in yes. general. And uh, how long how long have you guys been together? Well, that's an interesting question. So yeah. him and I met on uh, the summer after high school in 2004. Oh, okay. We've known each other for quite a long time. That's 18 years? Yep. Right? But we weren't always together. Actually, we were together not together for quite a long time um, just because you meet the summer after high school. We were from the same hometown, but he went to a private high school, mm-hmm. which is why we didn't meet until then. Um, he went to a different college than me and we try to make it work, but obviously with the distance and us being young, it just didn't work out um, for the most part. And then after college, I moved around quite a bit for my, for the early part of my career 
So that also, you know, wasn't easy for us to reconnect. Um, but after uh, my brother passed away in 2013, I moved back home and we reconnected at that time. Oh, okay. So it wasn't until your brother passed that you reconnected. Correct. Oh, wow. All mm-hmm. right. And so you were telling me um, off off mic that when um, you, at that time, that's when you really started to get into jujitsu and all of this with your now husband because of his death. And, and, and this was a struggle that you had to get through and come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen the videos and pictures that you've definitely become a stronger person uh, coming through such a uh, traumatic, horrible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, can you touch on that a little bit? Like what, what, what was that? What was it like? I mean, it, it, I know it's, I know it's sad and horrible. I get sure. that. You know, I just, uh, unfortunately buried my wife's grandfather and it doesn't matter who it is. You know, it, it always hurts. It just hurts. It's, it sucks mm-hmm. when people leave us. Um, so I understand that part of it, but what was it about what happened with him that fed like, I feel like you had already embedded that into your brain that you needed to do something to mm-hmm. help relieve that. Yep. And so the, the option just happened to be jujitsu, you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying that it seems like it, but can you, can you touch on that a little bit? Absolutely. Sure. So, um, my brother passed away in March of 2013 and it was obviously a hugely traumatic event, um, for our family. Right. It was very devastating. Um, because drug addiction, um, it's, there's a lot of ups and downs with, you know, being, having your family member go through that. You go through periods of where they're doing well and you're very hopeful. And then you have periods of relapse and it's just so yeah. disappointing to go through that time and time again. Um, so unfortunately, um, he lost his life. Um, and just having that happen and supporting my parents through that was just, enormously difficult and I was living in Connecticut at the time and I just felt like at that moment that I needed to come home my parents lived in Massachusetts and I felt like I just needed to be home that's really I've always wanted to live in southern New Hampshire northern Mass area I'm like you know this is my time I need this is what I need to do for me and this is what I need to do for my family Um, so I came home and during this time the way I deal with anxiety and stress and depression is that I don't eat. Um, I just oh. have no desire to eat. So at that at that time, I looked a lot different than what I do now. Um, I was about 115 pounds, so about 20 pounds less than what I weigh. Wow. Yeah, not because I was trying to diet. No, no, anything. no, you just weren't eating. Yeah, I just, like, I couldn't eat properly. So I just looked very skinny. Mm-hmm. I was depressed. Um, and then after that, um, Ryan and I, we moved to Nashua. And I remember it was in the... In the fall, maybe early winter, um, I just was struggling. It was about like six months plus after my brother passed away, and I just was struggling to kind of like overcome and, you know, move on and move forward with purpose. Yeah. So that Christmas, December of 2013, um, I was not expecting this. And at that point, Ryan was training jujitsu, but I just didn't feel like I, I felt like that was his thing. I don't oh, want to okay. intrude yeah, yeah, on yeah. his hobby because I was always kind of <laughs> curious about uh, jujitsu and I went to a couple of his tournaments and I was kind of like very intimidated by it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I wasn't like, Hey, can I c- come with you? Can I try it? Um, 
And then that Christmas, he bought me a gi. And I was just like, I was very overwhelmed. I did not not know what to say. I'm like, why'd you buy me this? And he said, well, I figured you can give it a try. We had mats in our basement um, where we were living at that time. Oh, no kidding. Yep. And he's like, well, you know, when I was going through a hard time, um, jujitsu really, you know, helped me out. And I, and I figured it would help you out too. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. So when, when your brother passed in 2013, um, was, I don't know when this stuff came about, but is, was that a fentanyl thing or was this just a heroin overdose it, at that it, time? It, I just, it was a heroin overdose. It was just a straight up heroin overdose. Yeah. I know fentanyl's in everything today. Yeah. Like, fentanyl wasn't really that pervasive at that point. Okay. I, I mm-hmm. like I said, I, I'm kind of stupid when it comes to that because I just never got into any of those drugs. And Thank when goodness. I, when I did, mm-hmm. I was in my teens and 20s so it was like there was no thought of that like today you can't even try something today like if you wanted to try cocaine or if you wanted to try Adderall that wasn't coming from a doctor or a pharmacy like you just can't do that today everything's got fentanyl in it and it's like I even mm-hmm. I've even recently heard of uh, marijuana being dusted with fentanyl which a lot of people in the pot industry have kind of shooed off in a sense because the amount of fentanyl that you would need to dust uh, marijuana would cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars if you wanted to do it properly like to I guess yeah do it properly I don't know so that's kind of been debunked a little bit but I'm still like kind of weary about like this whole thing it's 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 just so crazy right now so that's why that's Mm -hmm. that's where that comes from because today the message is if you if you if you don't know where that source is, like just leave it alone. Leave it alone unless it's it's coming from a known source because fentanyl's in everything. Yep. But this is 2013, so it was just a unfortunate uh, heroin overdose. Was he like a, a longtime addict? Was it like, mm-hmm. hey, I just did this once with my buddy, or like, you yeah? Know? No, that's a good question. So, um, my little brother, he was. Um, very impulsive. Okay. Um, he was always that kid that, you know, he w- he had a lot of friends and he just never had that emergency break where a lot of people were like, hey, like that seems a little too dangerous to do. He he was always up for anything. Oh. And he was very fun to be around because of that. Um, but unfortunately, um, when it came to, you know, the drug situation, of course, at growing up, you can easily find uh, cocaine and marijuana if you seek it out, right? And, yes. And especially like at parties and of things course. like that. So it started out for him, like he, he tried marijuana and then it moved into cocaine. And then at around 2007, 2008 is when uh, oxycodone was starting to flood the yeah. market. And unfortunately at that point, um, a lot of people had no idea what it is that they were doing because well, they, they were taking these pills not realizing well let's be honest the the doctors the pharmacists and all of them said it was non-addictive mm-hmm. when those things started rolling out so like i i kind of forgot to mention like was it a back injury and then he gets prescribed so he just got into oxycontin because yeah. it came out but yep. the oxycontin if i remember correctly is the one that you can crush up and snort it was oxycodone where you can't crush it up and snort it anymore i think yeah, I'm um, not but, really sure, you know. But either way, 
to say that they're non-addictive and they would be fine and everybody could take them mm-hmm. was what we all know today is bullshit message. So that's mm-hmm. very sad it's, and unfortunate. It's criminal. It, it, it was yes, criminal. It is criminal. Mm-hmm. I, I believe Johnson & Johnson's doing a payout. There's a whole bunch of these assholes mm-hmm. that are doing payouts. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I get so angry about the pharmaceuticals in this country, the advertisements they're allowed to do, all these fucking false faces. And if you take this pill, you're going to be fine. But if this pill's not working, you can stack it with another one. And it's like it's all these things that you can just keep piling on pills and medications. And, hey, let's just forget about a good diet and some fucking exercise, right? I, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? So I know that's not probably his story per se but that is the story that everybody's living with today a 75 percent of our commercials are pharmaceuticals on tv it's absolutely disgusting but please go on what, what happened with him yeah so he got into the pills and then this is the story of a lot of heroin addicts um because the pills were way more expensive than street heroin right so once um he realized he couldn't sustain the addiction to the pharmaceutical uh, medication he still was seeking that high, um, mm-hmm. and that's when he turned to heroin. And it was shocking when my parents told me that that is was his drug of choice. And he barely, barely graduated high school. The only reason why he graduated high school was because, you know, my parents, you know, my bro- my older brother and I had really good reputations in high school, and as such, we had good relationships with the administration at the school. And my parents um, had a system with the assistant principal and others at the school to do the best we can to, like, get him through high school. It wasn't that he wasn't capable. He was very academically smart. He was a gifted wrestler. Um, But unfortunately, um, as high school progressed for him, um, he started skipping school more and more. Um, So his attendance wasn't good. Yep. And that affected his wrestling as well. Um, of course, yeah. 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 He, I think if he had put his mind to it and stayed clear of drugs, he would have been a D1 wrestler for sure. He, oh. he had that much talent. And he, he would have been such a good uh, jiu-jitsu competitor, like no doubt. So mm. that's why like, it would have been so great like if he had lived to like share this with him because I think he would have really enjoyed it because my husband used to wrestle too. So it was, you know, it's a really good um, – avenue for former wrestlers to yes. continue their athletic journey i mean wrestlers in jujitsu what if they stick around mm-hmm. if they stick around because sometimes they can't do it and they get very frustrated <laughs> which is kind of humorous but not really to them you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's still uh, i mean they're insane mm-hmm. they're they're scrambling they're holding it's it's a whole nother level of uh, especially when they start getting good there's a wrestler at rick's school uh cj and this kid it just got his purple belt and it's just a different game i feel like he's toying with me i'm like what is happening i was like what when did the page flip and he's just it's because he's got that wrestler's mentality and now it's turned over Mm -hmm. to jujitsu and he's learned how to blend them and it's just, I'm like, wow, this is insane. I, I can never mm-hmm. have that. And it's just, it's incredible to feel. So how old was he when, unfortunately, uh, he passed? 24. 24. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Wow. Trying to think of what I was doing with 24. I wasn't doing anything good, that's for sure. I was drinking a ton, getting into a lot of trouble. But, man, it's just so unfortunate. So mm-hmm. this happening... You're depressed, you're not eating, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you get a gee for Christmas 
And now what? You go down to the basement, give it a shot for a minute. What it, what level of belt is your boyfriend at the time? Because yeah. he doesn't turn into your husband for a couple more years right. or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, so Ryan was my boyfriend at the time. So he was a three-stripe purple belt at the time. Oh, okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. So we would go down to the basement, and he taught me the basics of jiu-jitsu. Well, first, we learned how to tie my belt. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. took me a while. I just... It was very confusing for me, um, but he said, we're going to do this every day every day until you get it, and you can do it yourself. Um, so we started every session with that. Um, and then the first things he taught me were the flower sweep. Oh, cool. Yep. Closed guard and how to do a basic back take from closed guard. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan, he has a very specific philosophy how to teach people jiu-jitsu. He is a stickler for fundamentals, um, and I'm grateful for that because he was my primary teacher for a lot of the beginning parts of my jiu-jitsu journey. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So so now that you, you – so at this time, you're, you're uh, learning in the basement. Uh, when, when did you actually decide to – join a school when did you when did you take it to the next level I guess yep. instead of just staying in the basement yeah it took a couple months so at that point I was in a co-ed basketball league when I was I was working at BAE Systems you were doing basketball too yeah I was doing basketball and I was you know I wanted wow. to make sure I followed through my commitment to my team um so I finished that up for the season and I was also doing a lot of yoga to kind of get my core strength up yeah and, you know get my strength up before you know hitting the gym because uh ryan told me that the school where we used to train um was very heavy cardio so he said you know you don't want to come in flat-footed because you know it it'll be a problem so um fortunately when i did decide to you know i was ready to start um the school where we went to in nashua had a women's program it was really nice it was monday wednesday fridays from 6 to seven thirty. it was a small group of us so i really felt comfortable going there learning um, with other women in a small environment. It made it less intimidating um, because the school where we were at, like had a really large, um, you know, co-ed class at 730, um, which I did attend later on, but I just felt like at that point, I just wasn't quite ready to dive right in there. So, yeah. But so when you start the school and stuff, like, uh, did you, did you start at PMA? Or did you, because the Nashua school, you're talking about the Nashua school right now, right? Where yep. the co-ed, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm -hmm. And then, so from there, what brought you to PMA? Yep. So I talk about the Nashua school because it's no longer there. So It's not? Nope. Um, oh. So we used to train at Aldo Batista's school um, in Nashua. It's no longer around because, um, unfortunately, uh, Aldo had an inappropriate relationship with um, an underage uh, student at the school so uh, he yeah so he uh you know had a trial was convicted and he's still in jail to this day seriously yep oh shit yeah so that was that was really bad um so we were there and while we were at the school that the trial happened and he was convicted and like went to jail um and so you guys, everybody walks in, they're like, all right. And they're like, sorry, we're closed. Or did you show up and the doors were locked? So the doors were not locked because, so his wife wow. and his son were there and everybody was just like, wow, what do we do now? Um, and this is a whole crazy story in of itself. Um, right. So we try to make it work where Ryan, so at that point, Ryan had been promoted to Brown Belt like six or so months before. I can't remember. Um, but he was the primary teacher at the school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Ryan, 
he didn't mind at first because he wanted to help out because, you know, Aldo was his professor for so many years and he honestly, he cared about the other students at the school of and, course. and wanted to help his wife and wanted to help his son. And unfortunately, it just became too much because Ryan was working full time. I mean, he would have to, to do everything. You would have, right. yeah, you're doing books, you're doing schedules, you're friggin' bringing in new students, you're doing it all. And he has no assistance or anything else. Like, yeah. he was the assistant to Aldo, pretty much, in a, in a sense. He was helping him out with the... Well, he yeah, he was just trying to, like, help out mainly his family. Wow. Um, yeah. Yep. What and, a and burden. Others, yeah, it, it was a burden, and it became too much. It started impacting, you know, our relationship because of the stress that was, you know, pretty unfairly put on him. Um, yeah. And this was continuing for months and months and uh, until finally he just couldn't take it anymore. Wow. Um, so that is a whole other story in yeah, itself. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. glossed over a lot of the details. No, that's fine. That's fine. But, you know, so we, uh, he made the decision that he had to leave, which is completely fair, um, you know, because he's like, look, if I wanted to teach my own school, I would have opened my own school. And we no. did consider doing that at that point. Oh, did you? We did. Um, I was still a white belt, and he was a brown belt, and we had months of discussion about it. Oh, wow. And we decided at that point it really wasn't what we wanted to do. It We were just talking about it because it just seemed like it was almost necessary. Um, but thankfully, um, we found another school up in Manchester. Um, so we trained in Manchester for a little while under— At the Gracie? No, it was actually um, a, the uh, Phoenix School, Phoenix out of Manchester. Um, mm. The professor was Kurt Cummings, um, but that came to an abrupt end while we were at the World Championships in 2015 because he was commuting from like way up in New Hampshire down to Manchester, and out of the blue, he put in the Facebook uh, group that, hey, sorry guys, I'm just getting really sick of the ride, so you know, um, th- I'm closing down the school in Manchester. And it was just what? like that. Yeah. Really bizarre. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt's a really nice guy. Um, he was technically super sound, um, you know, but I was, it was very unsettling, you know, to have him uh, close down the school like that. And we did not know what to do. So then our friend, uh, Greg West, he opened up his uh, school called Aqueous um, in Bedford. It's oh. still there. Yeah. Um, yep. Oh, okay. Yep. yep, it's right by the airport. Um, so we were there for a few years, you know, because Greg was our friend, and um, yeah, so it, it worked out just fine. Wow. Yeah. So he invited. He's like, hey, you know, Ryan. He, he allowed Ryan to train for pretty much free, you know, because he was, um, you know, brown belt. He won upper belts there, and he's like, yep, he gave me a pretty good deal. He's like, hey, I want like you to, you know, come here and be like a face for women, um, in the yep, school. Yep. Um. So yeah, we were there for a while. Um, wow. Until I, I um, had my knee injury back in 2017. Oh, what happened to your knee? Yep. So um, one night at Aqueous, um, I was uh, training and I was sparring with a guy that literally just got promoted to brown belt that night. No. <laughs> yes. And um, I'm not going to name this person by name because he, he opened up his own school in the area and I don't want to um, talk badly about him, but... Um, he, him and I were sparring and he was always kind of rough and I was always very apprehensive about rolling with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going for a sweep and instead of accepting the sweep, um, he came around to my back and I was standing and he jumped on my back and my leg, my right leg snapped, um, in half. So I tore my ACL, my MCL, my lateral meniscus and 
um, chipped a few bones. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so awful. You know, it, it, yeah. it's just so awful when people do stupid shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's just a stupid move to make. It's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And who, what are you trying to prove? Like, what are yeah. you doing when you do something like that? You know, I just, I always got upset about that. Mm-hmm. We've had plenty of people, even in our school, that are just, they, they're just musclers. They're not technique. They're just, they want to muscle through it. And if you start getting the upper hand with the technique, then they just turn around and they know that they can just use their strength to do whatever they want. But when they do that, they wind up hurting people. Right. And it upsets me more than anything. It's like, well, that's unnecessary. You know, if you're over 200 pounds and you're rolling with somebody that's not even 150, what are you doing? Right. Wh- why? Exactly. So I was, you know, I'm about 135. This dude was like 185. So I'm not sure why he thought it was even remotely safe to. It doesn't jump even on my sound back. like a good move. Yeah. It, it, it was a pretty boneheaded thing for him to do, to put it mildly. And 100%. It, it, it hugely inconvenienced my life for a long time. Six months to a year. Right. And it cost right? me, yeah, it required two surgeries, multiple Holy months of physical shit. therapy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. That's almost a year's salary for somebody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Easy. It, yeah, exactly. You know, Your sa- salary and a year off. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. What a nightmare. And is yep. it, I just get so upset when I hear things like this because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hear about it. You know what I mean? And just people just do stupid things and then something that should never have happened. And then all of a sudden you got to, hey, don't don't do this. Be mindful. And it's like, yep. You should always be mindful. None of us, are, none of us are here because I'm not. A lot of the people in schools are not at school because this is their life. They're there because this is a hobby. It's right. fun. It got me out of my comfort zone. It allows mm-hmm. me to do things right. that I felt uncomfortable doing. Now I don't feel so uncomfortable doing. I'm not making a career out of this. So yeah, you bust my leg or my arm, I'm gonna be really butthurt because now I can't work which means I can't make money, which means I can't come to school anymore, period. And now I've got doctor bills piling up. For what? For you to prove to yourself that you had the upper hand on me? Well, if you've got over uh, 50 to uh, 80 pounds, you know, because I roll with guys that are 220, 240, Mm -hmm. you already have the upper hand. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, and I will take some responsibility of it because, like, I was pretty cavalier um, up until that point. I, I I thought I could take on anybody, you know, and um, so that it, it was very unfortunate that happened. Yes. But what I did take out of it in the recovery process and coming out of it was, you know, my husband and I talked about how to be defensive because my, you know, my yeah. husband he. He's a light featherweight, so he's, you know, pretty small comparatively to uh, other guys. So he had to explain, like, look, you know, there are certain things that, you know, you can't really put yourself in a susceptible situation, here, like how to do more defensive jiu-jitsu. He's like, obviously, it is the responsibility of your training partner to be safe, too, but you need to protect yourself yes. as well. No, you should. Yep. I agree with that. Yep. So he, you know, that was a really, you know, experience as a good teacher, right? So it really taught me how to identify people that are potentially dangerous for me. And I've also become a better advocate for myself mm-hmm. um, because there are certain people that I'm not comfortable rolling with. And I will say, I'm sorry, I just don't want to roll with you. Um, oh, for real? Yeah. It, it's it's pretty rare when I am where I completely decline a role, but I will. 
Um, oh. And, and um, I will tap. If, like, somebody's doing a bonehead move, I'm like, this is, this is a BS move, like, horrible technique. Um, I used to just not tap because I'm like, that. you know, that's, that's terrible technique. But, like, now I'm like, I don't care. If it hurts, I'll tap because – I have a kid at home. Like you said, I have to work. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. That's actually good food for thought because there's been bonehead moves, and I'm like, this isn't a move, but it's kind of bothering my shoulder, and I'll just move through it because I'm like, if he moves a little bit, I can do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's actually a better thought. If it's improper, it's not being done right, and I'm being hurt, just fucking tap, stupid. Yeah. So I, I, I like I that. Tap. Yeah, I just tap now because before I'm like, no, I'm just going to get through this because, you know, I it was my ego. It was, it, it was completely my ego. I'm like, who cares if I tap? No one cares. I'm not competing against this guy. It's really, you know, I've been doing jujitsu eight years, eight years. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what am I in this for? Why am I doing this? Like you said, it's a hobby. It's something that enhances your life and you should it should bring enjoyment. I'm really doing this for myself and I'm really doing it um, – they say like you're you're really competing against yourself at the end of the day because mm-hmm. um, after eight years, you know, people are like, oh, are you an expert? I'm like, no, man, no. nope. I feel like there's always something to learn. Um, that's why I'm doing it just to increase my proficiency in the art. So. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I I got seven years in, you know, and I just I, I just keep plugging away at it, and and as I can see uh, for myself how jujitsu has helped with so many things, I can see how it now. It, it, it's just so amazing how jujitsu helps so many people Yes, get through depression, not eating, mm-hmm. uh, loss of a loved one, friggin' just everything. And then you got all these, and then you, you get hurt. And instead of being angry and resentful, you turn that into another lesson. Well, I need to defend myself better. Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. You're not sure how to spell it? It's right here at the bottom of the screen. Or click the link in the description below the video. It's just that easy. And now, before you check out, you're going to want to put in promo code T-O-P-H-E-R and get 10% off your purchase I absolutely love this website. They have the most amazing products I've ever seen. They've got all new hats, all new shirts, all new kids' tees. Speaking of kids' tees, the kids are going back to school. Did you get them new clothes? Well, if you did, you got them at the wrong place. You should have gotten them slow-down clothing. Yeah, you want your kids to be the cool one in school, right? Have all your friends be going home and, Mom, Mom, I saw it. Tyler's shirt and oh my god it's a little monkey and he oh I loved it yeah we got to go to slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com mom we gotta go we gotta get these shirts that's how I'm gonna be the cool kid in the class and this goes for all of you out there as well and even not in school you want to wear the dopest clothing ever tattooed inspired prints amazing skateboards sweatpants sweatshirts board shorts, towels. They've got it all. They've got everything. They're always putting out new and amazing prints. Their quality is top notch. That's right. The shirt wears out before the colors do. It's amazing. And I will tell you firsthand that is some of my favorite clothing I've ever worn. But you can only get this stuff right now 
right here at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. And before you check out, remember to put in promo code T-O-P-H-E-R and get 10% off your slowdown purchase today. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, where we're open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. And we've got everything you're looking for. So feel free to give us a call, 603-814-4171. Are you looking for new vapes? Are you looking for all the coils? Are you looking for vape juice that's flavored, maybe menthol? Huh? It's hard to get these days. More and more states keep putting on flavor bands, but not us in here in New Hampshire. That's right. We got all the flavors. We got all the menthols. We've got it all. And I've got it all in stock for you today. Maybe you've got an older device we might have coils for, but I will tell you this much right now. If we have the product in our store, we've got all the coils for it right now, especially if it's brand new and it just hit the market. We've Got them. I have had a lot of people coming to the store lately looking for products that nobody else has. Well, you, I guess you can find them right here at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. I am so happy to say that. Um, our stock is always up. Our D8 is selection is giant now. That's right. I've got the Goliath coming from Savage. It's going to have two cartridges in it with a battery. We've got loose leaf. We've got pre-rolls. We've got chillums. We've got cartridges. We've got everything you are looking for in the D8 world. We are carrying it now and forever. Just more and more exciting things coming to New Hampshire Vape Gallery every day, every week. And I'm super excited to share it all with all of you. So come on in to New Hampshire Vape Gallery located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings, where we're open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. And as always, I look forward to seeing you there. NaturalBossNH.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. Are you looking for the best organic products ever? Well, Natural Boss has them. That's right. You're looking for an amazing beard oil? I know I was. And now, it's amazing. My beard is because of that oil. And then, of course, you got a foot and body soak, which I'm telling you, it melts those stressful days away. What? You have cracking skin? They got a salve. That'll help with that. And then, of course, if you don't have cracking skin... Well, then use the body balm or the lip balm, and that's going to keep your lips or your skin nice and moist so that it doesn't crack. And all of these products are available right now at naturalbossnh.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. So go support small business, buy amazing organic products, and don't just buy one. Buy all five today. How difficult has it been being a woman in um, basically not as much now, not as much now, but back then it was pretty male dominant, wasn't it? The jujitsu sport. So I would say I, I really didn't have much difficulty, but I would say that is a lot of it is due to the fact that I had my husband there. He was kind of like my shield. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so he had a lot of respect um, in the school where we 
first started training and he was a huge competitor in the area. So a lot of stories I've heard from other women with difficulties when they first start, I, you know, didn't experience that. And I feel oh, very really? fortunate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should feel fortunate. Guys are gross. <laughs> I don't give a shit. They're, they're, I don't understand. I don't understand their thinking and why they think they can do things or be a specific way. I don't, I don't understand it. It makes me upset and angry sometimes to be a male. You're like, what, what, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Like, no, your hands stay in your pocket. They stay, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't touch weird places. You assholes. Like, I don't get it. And I, I get confused because I'm like, I've never ever even had that thought cross my mind. And it's just like, mm-hmm. what, where, where does that come from? And why do you feel that it's uh, your place to be able to do that? You know what I mean? So, cause I have uh, heard of some stories where some, not in our, our school in particular, but just in general, in the jujitsu world that people I've talked to, um, there's been some weird shit that's happened. Yeah. And it's like, why? Why, why are guys gross? Why do we do? Why do they do that? I'm not going to say we because I'm not involved in this. Why do they do that? Why do they feel that way? And I just I still trying to figure it out today because I mean, with everything going on in the world today, it just seems to be getting a little bit more. Uh, well, worse, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the people with the lockdowns and everything else. And now they don't know how to act around people. And it's, it's, it's a weird world today compared to three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's just like uh, when I, when I was talking to uh, Dev and she was talking about powerlifting, you know, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's a male dominant sport for the most part. And um, have you, have you seen more women in the sport as of today? Like how long have you been competing for? Let's. I started competing pretty much right away. Um, really? So I, yep. As a white belt? Yes, I did. Oh yep. shit. Yeah. And I think that actually is super important because it competing is very, it, you know, gosh, it's very scary. So when the more you do it, the easier it gets to overcome your fear. The fear never goes away. I still get a lot of sweaty palms. I still get a lot of rational really? thoughts going through my head. Oh yeah. But I, I like, I've taught myself over time to try to replace those negative thoughts with productive thoughts. Okay. Like this is a technique I'm going to do very productive things that are, oh. I can implement in the match. But, um, in terms of competing so that the environment has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, so when I first started competing, um, there, you know, the number of women competing was very small. And at that point, um, the IBJJF only had a couple of age divisions for women. It was adult division that goes up to uh, 30 and then master one. That was it. So you're talking 30 kilos. Um, sorry. Um, the age group, the age bracket. Oh, oh, it went so, up to 30 years of age. Yeah, well, oh, okay. The, the ma- well, master one started at 30, but, and then usually, so master one now is from age 30 to 34 and master two is 35 to 39. And then it goes up to master seven now. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. So what happened was a lot of women 35 plus were like, gosh, do I really want to be competing against women five years younger than me? Right. You know, and as you get you know, as you've got 40 plus, you know, the age gap just got bigger and bigger. So from my point of view at that point, I'm like, gosh, I want to get as much competing in as possible because, you know, I'm going to age out like after 35, like, you know, that was what was going through my head. You, okay. Cause you would, there was nowhere to go. You would age out. Right. Oh. You, you could, you could still compete. Like there was, there's no rule saying like after 35, you can't compete, but like, you know, then you're kind of at yeah. a disadvantage. Right. Well, yeah. Um, you know, really, you know, if you really think about it. So 
but now, um, as of a few years ago, IBJJF now has uh, Masters 2 and up open at every single competition. And that has gotten a lot more women um, competing at these local tournaments, uh, which has been really great to see because a lot, of, a lot of the women from the area that I started training like at the same time, I've seen over the years, we've been competing at these same competitions over and over and over again. And it's nice because now we, we feel comfortable competing against women our age because we, we have jobs, we have families. Yeah, of course. You know, and I, I you know, Lucas wants me uh, to compete um, in the adult division, which is very flattering that he believes in my ability to do so. But uh, aren't now, you, what do you mean the I'm, adult I'm, division? So I'm 37. So yep. I'm, I'm master two. The adult, the, the adult division starts at, I think, age 17 or 18, and it goes through age 30. Okay. At, w- at which point you're eligible to fight master one. Yeah. Oh. So I'm literally, I've, I fought women about half my age in the adult division. So I'm fighting down. Um, oh, in, wow. In, yeah. Age brackets. Yes. No shit. Yep. That is wild. I go mm-hmm. up against a 20 something year old and boy, oh boy, I can feel mm-hmm. that difference. I'm like, I miss that energy. God, I miss that so much. I'm like, ugh. Yep. Turn, I'm turning 43 this year, and it's like, man, yes. oh, man, I just do not have it. But I got a lot more than most people in their 40s, I found out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'd been listening to a bunch of doctors and stuff on all kinds of uh, male problems. And I was like, I was like, and then the, the, the doctor's like, yeah, you know, if you're 43 and this is, I was like, this happens to people at 43? No. I was like, it's not happening to me, but really? that's when you're supposed to start thinking of these problems. And I was like, Oh shit. I'm like, I'm glad it's not happening to me. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. That's keeping everything functioning properly. But I'm like, wow. And when she said 43, I was blown away. I was like, no, no, I guess I am finally getting to that, that age bracket where we're old, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's cognitive dissonance. Cause in my head, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I, like my head, like, honestly, I feel so good. I feel like I treat my body so much better. Well, you now. said you're 37, right? Yeah. Well, then I did in my 20s. I feel right. so much better than I did when I was 27. See, real. when I was 37, I had just given up alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I was, I've been a mess my entire life. So when I talk to people that are doing great things at those ages, mm-hmm. I'm just like, that. that's so incredible because like I almost want to kick myself for not doing those things. But then again, you know, at, like everybody has explained to me past, future, whatever, is that if I didn't go through what I went through, I wouldn't be where I am today. So yep. therefore, we need to be thankful for what we went through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yep. I am thankful for it, but I like to, you know, I like knowing that there was so many more people out there doing good things and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, so when you go through all of this and you're, you're, you're into your competitions and stuff now and so you're seeing more brackets open. You're seeing a bigger side for the women's competition and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how like do you compete? Uh, what am I trying to see here? Uh, let's go through some of these sure. uh, uh, things that you were doing. Let me uh, do this real quick. I can fix this and edit, which is great. I needed that, not that. All right. So uh, I'm gonna put this up for everybody out there. This is why I say it. So, so this is the world jujitsu's, and this was recent, right? Yes. So, um, what what you ended up 
because so, this is this is uh, Lucas's uh, school. This is everybody there. Mm-hmm. You you at the school? How is that going? By the way, it's going great. It looks like you guys are having fun. I love the ice bath. Yeah, I love everything you got going on. I really do. I'm 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 always excited. Like I know that it was a breakup between Lucas and PMA, mm-hmm. and I you know it hurt at first, but now I'm like. I'm just happy for all of you because uh, I have always said that Lucas is mm-hmm. jujitsu. Like yep. he doesn't teach it. He is it. He is. And, and, and it's, and I've always said that to him. I said it to him on his podcast. Um, but it's just, you, you're just another branch, right? It, we're all in the same kind of game. And, and I just, I, 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 I don't see it as a bad thing. You know, yeah. I saw it as a great thing for him. He wanted to do this. He wanted to, uh, grow and I, I there was some stuff that happened but I'm super pumped to see all of you guys all of you I wanted to say guys I apologize uh, no it's fine yeah it's just a word that comes out <laughs> yep and uh but I just think it's awesome and you guys have been getting in a lot of training and doing those ice baths and yep. then you're doing competition here um and then what which is this 2022 as well I, I try to put them in some type of an order, but I think I failed. No, it's all good. Okay, so this one is from October of 2021. That was No okay. Gi Worlds. That's No Gi Worlds? Yep. Who is this gentleman standing next to you? That is Eric Johnson. So um, I actually, so he, he was actually my former teammate from New, New England United. Okay. He's like, I, isn't he's a Eric Johnson a basketball <laughs> player too? Am, um, I, am I right on that? Uh, Honestly, I don't know, but, um, yeah, so Eric, um, he was a former teammate of mine, and the reason why he coached me that day is I traveled to Nogi Worlds by myself um, mm-hmm. because it was in Texas, um, and my husband couldn't go because of our daughter. Uh, Lucas couldn't go because he, you know, teaching at the school. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll just go down by myself and, yeah, do this competition. And wow. what happened was my first match that day, um, I had a triangle – and all of a sudden, I heard someone in the audience yell, keep it. And I'm like, who was that? You know, because uh, I wasn't expecting to hear, you know, anyone. Well, because you, you don't have a corner. Right. right. I'm like, who was that? So um, after I won the match, um, the ref, like, raises her hand. And he tur- you know, they raise your hand facing one way. And they turn around and raise your hand the other way. And I saw him in the audience. And he was, like, clapping. I'm like, no kidding. He's here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Um, I only had one fight in my weight class that day, so I signed up to do the absolute open weight class, and he stayed, and, you know, it was pretty late. Like, he stayed um, for all but my finals match. He was, like, very apologetic when he left. He's like, I'm so sorry. I can't stay for the finals. I'm like, you went way above and beyond, dude. Like, thank you so much. Like, he, he helped coach me through my other three matches that I had that day. So th- he's a really good dude. He referees in the area as well um so you may see him at like grappling industries he also does like the adccs as well mm-hmm. so he's, wow. he's a really solid dude that is awesome yep and then this is also 2021 but you're in a gi yep yep so the, the american nationals happen around like usually the fourth of july time frame in vegas um there's the gi competition and it's a no gi competition um, this was actually my first tournament um, right after I got promoted to Purple Belt. Oh, really? Yep. Wow, that is so cool. Yep. And then this is you and your husband. Yeah. Right? And then which, what is this one? Yeah, that was actually 
a few weeks before my leg injury. Um, so I remember. Oh, so this is well. back at 17. This is like 2017. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, we both. Do we? Yeah, I did gi that day, too. I think Ryan just did no gi. But, you, you know, he hasn't competed in a while. And I really hope that he is able to do it. So. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. So. Let me kind of go backwards before we go into anything else. Sure. When when you started getting into jujitsu, I, I didn't even remember to bring this up, but you said it helped you with the depression and yeah. eating. And mm-hmm. how long like how long was it? Like was it like uh, a couple weeks after you started like doing some physical jujitsu stuff? You were like, ah oh, shit, I have to eat now because like uh, I'm definitely- my diet just naturally came back. It just came back. It, it like it, it, you know, didn't. It wasn't like a, you know, couple week thing. It took like, you know, a few months. It was funny. I remember when I first started jujitsu, I was technically a, a light featherweight. I was pretty skinny, um, but then I just started eating and felt stronger. I was putting on muscle mass because, you know. So it all kind of happened at the same time. You were yep. getting over that depression. Mm-hmm. You were getting your energy back. You were getting the hunger back. So it all kind of yeah. rolled into one. My depression fully resolved. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's, I'm telling Naturally, you, without medication. I, it, and see, that's the mm-hmm. thing. When when I gave up alcohol, I then was all. I had already been doing jujitsu for a year, mm-hmm. and then I gave up alcohol. I gave up smoking cigarettes. Went to vaping. Um, that's a different battle. And then uh, I noticed that all of a sudden, every pill I was on. That I've been on for over 20 years. It's not like I started them yesterday and then just was like, no, I'm not taking these anymore. I Mm -hmm. did them for 20 years. And all of a sudden, I started feeling weird. And I was like, why why do I need an anti-anxiety, a mood stabilizer, an anti-psychotic, and a a, a depression pill? You know what I mean? Sure. And it was like I was taking the medication and I was starting to feel weird. Where when I was drinking... And I was taking the medication. I felt fine. And I was like normal. Mm-hmm. At least I thought. And then with jujitsu, exercise, actual physical. Uh, Ex- yeah, it's physical it, it's, exercise. It's physical exercise, but yeah. you're, you're exerting yourself. You're making yourself tired. Even when you work out, you do stuff like that. All of a sudden, I was like, I went to my shrink and I'm like, hey. Ooh, why don't we try getting off of these? You know, because you mm-hmm. can't just drop them. You, right. I, I tell everybody, if you're going to get off your meds, especially if you've been on them for a very long time and you think it's time for you to get off of them, mm-hmm. go and talk to your doctor and step down. Yep. Walk yourself off because these are very, very dangerous to actually just stop. Yes. And nobody understands that. They just think that they're taking a depression pill and they can just move on. So to hear that you had this... You had all of that, mm-hmm. and all you needed was the physical to get away from it. Shows me the same thing because I took jujitsu, and all of a sudden I was dropping pills like crazy. I'm like, no, I don't need these anymore. Get them out of my life. You know, I've got enough going on, and I'm exerting myself and putting myself through the exercises. And now I'm like, oh, I feel great. Yep. It's, it's, it's amazing that we don't talk about this more. I feel like this message is lost and people are like, you just want to look good in the mirror. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with it? That it, It's a bonus. I think that's the bonus of it all is not only do I look good, but I also feel great and I don't have to 
I don't have to take a whole bunch of pills for it. You know, you get upset, you get angry, at least I do, and then I have to do something to help that. And so I'm glad that that's pretty much what happened to you as well. And it's like, I want that message more for people out there. They need to understand that exercising, exerting yourself and doing something hard Mm -hmm. is so rewarding. I've got a friend right now and his girl is kind of tiptoeing on getting back to the mats. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, a, but it's, it's not jujitsu. It's something else, but it doesn't matter. You know, she's trying to get back to it. And it's like, well, if you don't just do it, it's it's not it's not going to happen. And it's like, well, I don't have the time. And then we all know that that's just an excuse. And it's like, and it, it we both know because we both do jujitsu that as soon as she gets back there and she exerts herself, she's going to start feeling better about the other stuff that's been bothering her. Absolutely. And but you can bring a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's a lot of things in our society that that really um, we value the wrong things nowadays. People, yes. People want that quick fix. People don't want to take a personal accountability. Nope. Right? So, you know, I, I know a lot of people that I know jiu-jitsu would be really great for them. If not jiu-jitsu, something else, like kickboxing something. or boxing, something physical, yeah. you know, that they can really, like, cling on to and enjoy. because. Like honestly, going going to the gym and just doing some like random exercises like that is boring as heck, and I can see why a lot of people that's not like a good long term outcome for no. a, lot of, a lot of folks. So you know, I, I talked to a lot of people like, hey, like you should try something like anything that makes you happy and makes you look forward to going. Right. Um. You know, because I know a lot of people, friends, family that think, oh yeah, like they're on so many pills and they see so many doctors, they get so many procedures, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. like. That's just so unfortunate. Um, Guilty. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I think that's, sure. but that's what our doctors yeah. do to us. They're profit. We're a profit center. It, the stuff that I've been listening yeah. to over the last three days between the doctors, the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. and, and the, and, and everything that they're allowed to do on television, they won't, they will never recommend a good diet for food. They will never recommend exercise and they will never recommend anything that we're talking about right now because they want you on pills. The insurance company will cover that. They won't cover anything that's actually good for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's all set up to slowly kill us. Right. Yep. That's it. They're yeah. not looking to keep us alive at all. They're just they're like, how long can we get them to pay for all this? You know, if if we have a chance to stop diabetes, we're not going to take that chance to stop diabetes because as soon as you step over that line and become diabetic, mm-hmm. well, now now we got you for life. We got you as long as we need you, and you're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in the, in, in the course of ten years. Because you need insulin, you need this, you need that, you need all these things. Right. And they'd rather have you do that than, than, than ever step over that line to diabetes. Yeah. It's ridiculous the way that this is all set up. It, I know. It, it, it really, it, it makes, my husband and I talk about this quite a bit. And I mean, we all should. Yeah. We should be yelling and screaming at the fact that they never told us during COVID to eat healthy and get out and exercise. Instead, mm-hmm. they close gym down and, and they open up all the alcohol stores, close all the AAs, and they just made it absolutely impossible to really mm-hmm. benefit yourself during that entire time, which is why 
most of us got a home gym. Right, and the media gaslights us by saying, oh, "Oh, fat is healthy, you know? And, you know, I'm not trying to fat shame anybody, but... No, well, you know know what? I think there's there's a difference between, you know, making fun of somebody and, you know, then telling somebody, yeah, fat is healthy. Like, nope, that's that's not the way it works. I think, you know, I... I encourage people, like I see people at like where I cross train at dynamic strength and conditioning in Nashua. There are a lot of people that are in the initial phases of their weight loss journey. And I applaud them like, you know, good for you for taking that first step. I realize everybody comes there, you know, at all different phases of their health. So I would never make fun of anybody for coming to the gym. That's like overweight. Cause I know that they're trying, yeah. right? but like, I get really upset when I see in the media that like, Oh, you, you know, this is healthy. And if you criticize this, like you're, you're like fat phobic. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like we, like you said, we really need to talk more about healthy diets, exercise, preventative maintenance. So that, you know, these really preventable diseases, like, if you look at the number one leading cause of death in the United States, it's heart disease. And yeah. because of mm-hmm. the sedentary lifestyles that we have nowadays, kids are eating sugars, they're, they're playing video games, they're not into sports. Right. You know, th- th- these, these are things that really need to be openly discussed and we shouldn't be shamed into not talking about it. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand like you, the, what I've learned from people, cause I, I'm, I know that I'm, I'm not in the category of anybody really because like I don't enjoy eating. I I don't enjoy food. The only reason I eat it is because it's what keeps me alive. Mm-hmm. So when people like I had my brother-in-law and stuff, we went to a restaurant uh during the uh at the end of the funeral, we went out and got some food. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Oh, you, you know, you love it." And I'm like, it, I just ate because I had to. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't like food. Like, I, it's an inconvenience that I have to stop and do this. It's just like going to the bathroom. That's an inconvenience. I have mm-hmm. to stop what I'm doing to do it. The only reason I'm doing it is because my body goes, you either do this or this is going to happen. And I'm like, okay. So when people ask me why, it, like, they're like, why don't you eat? Well, not that why don't you eat, but you, you don't like the sugar you don't mm-hmm. it, it doesn't do anything for me if i put it into my body and my body doesn't like it i already had leaky gut i already had major gastro issues mm-hmm. and now i found something that works and yeah it might be the exact same food every single day 7 days a week it variates between work and home but i don't have any problems so why is that a problem for you Right. Why does it make you so upset that I have no love for any of this garbage? Why? I don't understand this, this addiction to food. And I believe it's because of the food manufacturers that put shit in the food. Now, if you're making it at home and it's fresh out of a garden, I get it. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I like eating that stuff too. But I still have to be careful when it comes to those things. Mm-hmm. But why... Is it such a big deal to everybody when you're actually maintaining what you're putting into your system and that what you're putting into your system is actually working better for you mm-hmm. than just going down the groceries aisles and grabbing chips and this and that? Well, you know, I, I, I still cannot figure out why we are so addicted to food. You know, do you have that too? Do you, you, you have, you're, you like a, you're like a foodie. No, I'm not really a foodie. Okay. Um, 
I will say that my, my uh, nutritional journey has been kind of iterative. Um, I kind of had a breakthrough when I was uh, cutting weight for the ADCC East Coast Trials um, this past fall. Um, no, that was November of 2021. So in October, that's when I was doing the weight cut because um, in ADCCs, there's only two weight classes for women. Um, it's under 60 kilos or over 60 kilos. Yeah. So that's like 132 um, pounds. And I walk around like I was, at that time, actually, I was a little heavier. I was walking around like 138, 140. Um, and I was like, gosh, like I really, it, you know, I really need to cut down because otherwise I'm fighting like, you know, Gabby Garcia's. So I wasn't about to do that. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So, um, at that point I was like, okay, I was, I did like a thorough examination of my diet and like, what can I cut out? Cause I thought I was eating kind of healthy. Um, turns out I was drinking a lot of milk. Um, a ton oh. of, a ton, I like loved milk growing up. Like Me too. Yeah. Yep. And you know, growing up you know, they were like, oh, milk is so healthy. Like they really like, you know, the marketing was super good for drinking milk. Mm -hmm. So I thought like, yeah, if I drop, drink like two cups of milk at, at dinner, it was not a problem, right? Nope. It's actually not so good for it's you. It's really bad for you. Yeah. It's really bad for you. And like dairy in general, like, you know, so what yep. I did was, um, I was like, okay, just for this trials, I'll cut dairy out of my diet. Oh my gosh. That was like such a game changer. It's like a thousand percent difference. Yeah. Not only did I lose some weight, um, my energy levels improved. My skin looked better. Yeah. I was like, wow. I just had no idea because I drank it like so often every day. Same here. How it was making me feel. Yep. So after the trials, I was like, I made that dietary change permanent. I still have like cheese like every so often. Well, I, I, but, I love cheese. Yeah. So, but like I cut, like I cut out dairy like by like 90% of my diet. Like that, that was a permanent change. And and I read up on it. I'm like, gosh, like, I wonder, like, what the science is behind this. And I didn't realize, like, you know, dairy's like, honestly, not really good for human consumption um, in large quantities. Nope. So, yeah, it's it's it. When you start digging into what, like, they, like the pyramid and stuff that they had for us when we were kids, mm -hmm. um, you're not that far separated from me. There's only like wrong. five years. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Mm -hmm. Everything was horrible. It was it was set up for them to make money. Yeah. And it's like, if we haven't caught on to the simple fact that that's all these people do, it doesn't matter if it's the food industry, the pharmaceutical industry, our government, they are just there to make a buck. Yep. You know, if they weren't there to make a buck, then we wouldn't have politicians that could age out. Right? Right. Because that's all they're doing. They're holding on to that until they fucking die because they're just getting paid good money to do that, whatever it is. And instead, mm -hmm. our society uh, suffers because we have dinosaurs trying to run the world and they still think it's 1923. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. It's disgusting. And I get so upset. I'm just so upset with everything going on right now. Like, there was a... I, not to go too far off, but I'm going to. Uh, there was a thing that I just read. I don't remember if it was Missouri or Utah or somewhere. But there was a thing about abortion that was written in 1901. Oh. And now, because of this thing that fell through with the federal, the Roe v. Raid. Raid uh, I'm Wade. bad with names. Roe v. Wade. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, they're now reinstating that law from 1901. Why? It's 121 years old. What are you doing? Make something fucking new, people. Why are we... It's just this old, repetitive, and I feel like our diets and our food and what they keep trying to stuff down our throats 
it, it's all the same. It's all based off of an old thing. And they're like, well, just let's triple down, triple down, keep pushing it because this is, this is the only way we're going to make profits next year. You know, everybody, uh, they don't care about us one iota. And if we, if, if we know and we understand that they don't care about us and we are just a meal ticket to them, maybe then you can understand how important it is that you take care of yourself. Yep. Because if you don't take care of yourself, guess what? No one else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And they don't, it, the doctors, the pharmaceuticals, none of them care about us, you know? And it makes me so mad sometimes because it just, it seems to fall to deaf ears. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It, society as a whole is promoting unhealthy eating. So like you said, you know, taking personal responsibility is the way to go. Um, so what I do for myself and my family, cause you know, Ryan and I, we, we, train you know pretty regularly during the week yep so what i do every single week is i draft up a meal schedule for the whole week nice um you know just to make sure that we're eating healthy things because a lot of a lot of people if you if you don't think ahead you don't have healthy food readily available so a lot of people fall into that trap of getting fast food because they need to eat something right yes so i find you know when i plan ahead i'm able to you know produce a healthy meal um every night of the week so i have a slow cooker that's a godsend. Oh, yep. air fryers are great. Yep. I've heard, everyone that has one loves them. They are I, amazing. Yep. Yeah, I should get one, but You should. Mm-hmm. I, I from from potatoes to our ours does a pressure cooker and an air fryer so we can do the rice, we can do everything. It's a ninja. Really nice. I recommend it a 1000%. Um, but it's I mean, you can take steak and put it in there. What? We've air fried steak. Wow. It's fucking amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm blown away. So I highly recommend an air fryer to anybody. I use that thing religiously all week. You know, it's just great. French fries, everything. You just put it in there and, you know, I just make sure that I get a, a decent French fry. You know, nothing crazy. Yep. <laughs> not those, it, It's not about yeah. the way it's cut. It's the, it's the manufacturer. You know what I mean? Right. I, I I know there's a lot of stuff that's in Trader Joe packaging that's actually covering up that it's coming from somewhere else. But, for yeah, you, like M&Ms and stuff, they'll take all the shit M&Ms and they'll put it in a Trader Joe bag. So you got to look wow. at, 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 um, at the bottom of the label in there. It'll say, like, distributed by. Mm-hmm. And you, have to, you, you look up that name and they'll be tied to, like, M&Ms. Yeah, yeah. So you get you do have to be careful what you get from Trader Joe's as well. Like I said, I have spent the last like three, four years looking at labels because of my stomach, my issues. I wrote in a journal for over a year. It was a nightmare. So one thing that I will one thousand percent get behind is the fact that I know like the, what you should be putting into your system compared to what they're telling us to put into your body. Right. You know, it's yeah. just like the cheese thing. You know, for me. You know, uh, mozzarella, uh, provolone, uh, cheddars, all of those type of cheeses, no issues. None. You go mm-hmm. American, all this other, you start. The processed g- stuff. Dude, destroyed. Destroyed. So mm-hmm. it, it just, you have to figure out what works for you. Um, obviously, uh, we, we can toss ideas back and forth and tell people all day what we do exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to work for you either. You have to figure out what works for the individual. Yep. You know, and I think that's very important. But when you're meal prepping and getting ready and stuff, is there anything, do you change it up every week? Is it different every day? Like, yep. how are you doing it? 
Yep. So we kind of have like a basic schedule, like twice, uh, two days a week, we have fish, different kind of fish. Okay, brain food. Yep. Yep. So like growing up, like, you know, we were heavy into fish like two to three times a week. Uh, You know, I find that to be very important, lean protein. Um, Then Saturdays, Sundays, like, you know, I try to up it a notch. Um, And then Mondays, like I try to keep it simple. So tomorrow, I think it's like Thai peanut chicken in the crock pot. So it's like, you know, carrots and peanut sauce and chicken thighs. Um, So, and then Fridays is usually some sort of pasta, like pasta dish, you know. So that's now, what like, kind of pasta are you using? Are you using a gluten-free, or are you just going all in? Just going all in. A I, regular I, pasta? I don't seem to ha- like um, have any sort of reaction to gluten. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm pretty fortunate in that regard, because I know a lot of people struggle with it. I do. Yeah, yep. Um, but it's also the sugars in the regular pasta. Yep. That's That's the killer for me. Mm-hmm. They hide sugars in everything. Yep. You know, so there's uh, I, I I just have specific pastas that I've picked out at Trader Joe's and a few other places that don't do that to me. So I was just curious. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like do like spinach pasta and stuff, but we don't really eat pasta that much. Me neither. You know, so um, but what we do for meat, like we actually do a meat share. So um, there's a company based out of Burlington, Massachusetts. It's oh, like you buy a cow and you're going to get like a pieces actually, of it. It's actually um. That's one way some meat shares work, but the way that this company works, they're a certified B corporation, and they source meat like pork, chicken, um, uh, beef, and I think they do lamb too. They they uh, work with uh, local farmers in New York and in New England, and they may go a little bit beyond that too. So all the meat is grass-fed and pasture-raised without um, any antibiotics or nice. additives. Yeah. Yep. So, Very important. Yeah. Is it grass-finished? grass finished? Grass yeah, so they're grass fed, so they're not, they're not fed like you know that crappy well, corn based diet. Right, feed. but what what I'm asking is is because there are some people out there that are grass feeding, mm-hmm. but they don't grass finish. So they feed them. They they're like we we're doing our good job over here, mm-hmm. but when it comes towards the end of the cow's life, they're feeding them grains and everything else. They don't grass finish them. So mm-hmm. I was just curious as to grass fed, like it's grass fed, grass finished is actually very important mm-hmm. because in the middle to the end of the animal's life, they'll just, they'll start treating it like a, a, a normal. They oh, don't. Interesting. Yeah. 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 There's a, I'll, yeah. I'll have to look into that. Make sure, you know, this company like really prides itself. On, I'm not saying that yeah. they're not doing it. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is, is that we, you do have to be a little careful. If it doesn't say grass fed, grass finished, mm-hmm. it, it, it's only, I'm going to look it up now. It's, <laughs> it's only yeah. grass in the beginning. Like there's so many, that's why I believe Nobody mm-hmm. can actually put a finger on anything because there's so mm-hmm. like when I first heard of grass fed, I was like, this is it. I'm in. And then I found out you needed grass finished too. And I'm like, what is mm-hmm. this? So you start looking into grass finished and you're like, oh, so now they, they feed them grains. They might be starting on grass, but they're finishing them off on grains. These guys are starting on grass, finishing on grass. And then you got, you know, farm to table and you got all, all kinds of trickery. Stuff. It's yeah. Hard, it's hard to make sense of all because you're really just you're like, look, I'm just trying to do the right thing here. And like they, all, it's all these word games. And then, and then yeah. you try to look it up. Mm-hmm. Like, good luck, right? You know, yep. if you're not using a proper browser with a proper uh, uh, search bar that's not being fed all the information that's directed for you, like Brave and DuckDuckGo are two things that I use religiously when yep. I'm trying to dig through the weeds. Mm-hmm. Because if you use Google, you use Chrome. 
It's just going to feed you all the stuff that it wants to feed you. You know, everything. I think one time I looked up something that was going on with me and my shoulder. And it was like, by the time I was done looking up what was going on, I had cancer and I was dying. Right. And you need your shoulder amputated. I'm like, (laughs) so there's certain things that you have to use to kind of get around that. But but tell me more about this company. I'm sorry to trail off there. No, it's all good. But like, I will say that since... Um, cause we used to buy like our meat at market basket, you know? Um, yep. but since switching to this other meat, um, uh, like honestly the frequency at which I get cold greatly reduced, like yeah. it was noticeable and I'm like in the meat tasted so much, mm. so much more fresh Yep. and yeah, like it, it, I noticed it made a huge difference. So that's what we do. And we also still like go to local farms, um, and buy meat from them as well. Um, you know, we, we just find like the quality meat is so much better. And with the seafood, um, there's a company that we buy from that works with local fishermen right off the coast of New Hampshire and Maine. And they actually like ship it like inland. So we like we go like they ship it to like a farm cool. in dairy and we pick it up and the swordfish steaks are like this thick. They're like amazing. Oh, that's great. What's the name of the company? It's called the Daily Hall. The Daily Hall. That's for the fish. That's for the fish. What was the what was the one with the, 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 the meat? meat chair? The um Walden local meat. They're based out of Burlington, Mass. Oh, wow. And they deliver to our house in Auburn every single month. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's so cool. See, I go to BJ's. I'm guilty. I'm like, you know, I get my 85.15 and I get my my, uh, steaks there. But um, that's just because, you know, I'm working on a budget right now. Yep. You know, but um, I've I've noticed, too, with even with just changing everything, having to dial everything in, I hardly ever get sick. And it was like, you know, this whole thing was going on. And so far, everybody around me has caught COVID and I haven't yet. And I've tried. And I don't know what's, oh, I've tried. I've tried. My (laughs) wife got it. And I was like, come here. And we sat there and we watched TV and I was like, you're not good. You're not leaving my side. I was like, breathe all over me. And I just sat there and Nothing happened. And I was like, hmm, I don't understand this. And everybody's like, well, you got two shots. And I'm like, I don't believe it was those. Mm-hmm. I believe I did more damage to myself with those than I anything else. But that's my personal opinion. I, I, I got the two shots, so I can speak mm-hmm. negatively about it if I want to mm-hmm. is how I see it. Um, but it's just like weird. I'm like, what's happening? But out of everybody I know, I eat the best. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I've yep. got, I've got friends that are like, I try, I try. And then my wife brings food home and I'm like, so don't eat it. And they're like, How? It's in the fridge. I go, my wife drinks. There's alcohol in the fridge. Should I be drinking? Right. What, what's, what's, what's the difference? There's no difference there. There's no difference there whatsoever. If I don't, if I can keep myself from opening up her alcohol and drinking that and sending myself back into a stupor after six years, then if you're doing good with your food diet, why is it you open up the fridge and you see crap and you're like, I got to eat this now? Yeah, it's like taking financial advice from a broke person, man. Like, I, I just, <laughs> I, I heard that and I've heard it a few times and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's crazy talk. Yep. If it's there, doesn't mean you have to eat it. But then again, I do two five-day water fasts twice a year. One, the next one's coming up in November, and I like to mention it to keep more people on board, but mm-hmm. I do that because that resets your gut. It really is hard to do because I've noticed that when I first started doing it, this will be my 12th or 13th time, so it's been a couple years now, 
Um, but when it first started, really easy. It wasn't bad. It was like mm-hmm. maybe by the fifth day, I was I was like, whatever. Now, by the fifth day, I look like I got hit by a truck. I'm so weak, and I just feel sickly. And I'm like, wow. whoa. But that's the difference between the body going empty with a shit diet and not taking care of yourself compared to eating optimally, taking care of yourself, and there's nothing left for the body to take. It's like, why are we doing this again? And I'm like, because we don't want to drink for six months. And my brain goes, that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and we just, boom. And I, I drive myself to do it, and I stick to the discipline of eating the exact same way, and look at where it's done. I haven't caught COVID. I have. I barely ever get sick. You're optimizing your intake by mm-hmm. f- with with the entire family eating healthy, mm-hmm. and you guys are not getting sick as much as maybe you once were. And you're yep. traveling. You're doing competitions. Yep. You got a kid at home. Yeah. That is the greatest way <laughs> to get sick. Kids, daycare, school. I, I I was talking to a friend the other night, and he's like, "Dude, I don't think China needs to." work on viruses or make them in a lab all they have to do is go to a school and and grab whatever these kids have because i just got laid out for a week and a half from his girlfriend was working and she caught it from one of the kids Mm -hmm. she came home two weeks later she's feeling better a week and a half later he's feeling better yep and i'm like wow so that goes to show you what a great uh uh um reward it is Mm -hmm. to actually uh, worry about the stuff that you're putting in your body. I think it is very important to worry about it. It's, yeah, it's not as easy as just grabbing something off a shelf and stuffing it in your face. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. You need to put a lot of thought into it. Um, Yeah. It's important for me because it takes a lot of stress. Honestly, like a lot of people like, Oh my gosh, you plan out like what you're eating for the whole week. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Because when I come home after training, I'm starving. The last thing I want to do is like, oh my gosh, like all my food is frozen in the freezer. Like, you know, that would be pretty stressful. So I find it so much better just Excuse know me. what I'm doing. Cause like what I do, my morning routine is when I get up, I look at my iPad. I said, okay, in two days we're having this. I go down in our freezer and I pick out the meat that we're having in two days and put it in the, in the fridge so it's ready to go. Like that's what I do every single day. Like you know, you tr- I try to be two days ahead. So wow, yeah, yeah, I love this. I love this because mm-hmm. this did, that question alone bothers the crap out of me. You prep your stuff all for the whole week. Yeah, yeah. It it's just like yeah. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. I get uh, tomorrow. I get everything prepped up, and I got my entire lunch, everything ready to go. It's only for work, you know. Yeah. I already know what I'm gonna do on my days off. Mm-hmm. But my my work meals done. Everything's done tomorrow for the whole week. That's awesome. That's what you need to do. That's the yeah. only way you're gonna stay dialed in. If you right. go like, but I'm on the like I said, I'm a little bit different than everybody else. When I get hungry, I go. I just I. I I'm not stopping. I'm not doing anything. You just stay hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been trying to get on a 12 to 14 hour fast a day. The intermediate fasting oh, that they intermediate do. Intermediate fasting or something. I'm right. not as big of a fan of it as I once was, but there's a couple things that I do between uh, uh, six and 10 o'clock at night that I don't have to do. That I stuff in my face to make myself feel a little bit better. Hey, I worked real hard. Let me have a little bit of sugar at night. Yeah. 
unnecessary, but um, if I just ate my last thing at 6 o'clock, well, I get up around 6 o'clock. There's your 12 hours, stupid. Uh, you know right. what I mean? Yep. So I made up excuses. I'm like, no, I gotta. I want this. I want this. It's, I want, I want, I want. Mm-hmm. But if you just got rid of them and at work, you ate that last, the what? The, I eat my yogurt at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's all you have now. Now you only got water for the rest of the night. And guess mm-hmm. what? When you wake up at 6, that's a 12-hour fast, stupid. You know what I mean? So we make these excuses. We make this stuff up in our heads to... To almost, I don't know if it's to hold us back, but it definitely, it it, it stops us from being able to do what we're, what we're totally and 100% capable of doing. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Like there's, there's some days that are more challenging than others. Of course. You know, like I, I find like sometimes I just can't get to training. Like for whatever reason, like work is just crazy. There's just too much going on. I like to call that life gets in the way. Yeah, life gets in the way. Like it happens. You know, the kids say like things happen, Um, you know, but I do make sure I'm like, okay, like how much time do I have? All right. I have 10, 15, even if it's that little of a time, time window, I have a basic exercise bike in my bedroom. I'm like, all right, if I can just jump on the bike for 10 minutes, at least I did Something. something. You know, even though it's not what I wanted, it's like not what I'm, you know, capable of. I love to like go to training every day and like put the pedal to the metal and like get a good sweat to like I'm exhausted, you know. So 10 minutes is like not very satisfying, but like, you know, um, but it's something, you know, I just look at like, okay, what, what is my budget for the day? All right. I only have 20 minutes. I'll go run through the neighborhood. That's fine. You know? So I think just having that mentality, holding yourself accountable to do something with what you have, um, you know, really ensures that. You know, because it is easy to fall off the bandwagon, like with training, like one day turns into two. And I, mm-hmm. I, it is, it makes it harder and harder to go back. So if, as long as you do something, it makes getting over that little blip a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think basically what it boils down to is just having discipline and faith in yourself. Yep. You know, it's all about you. You, you're the only one that's going to do this for you. Nobody's going to do it for you. And you, if you don't do it for you, well, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and I, I want to be around for like my daughter. You know, I want to be a good example for her. I want to make it to 80. Yeah. That's good enough for like, I've just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, her, her grandfather was 92. My grandmother was 94. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I think that's a little too much to ask for. So I'm going to go for 80 because I was a real asshole for 20 years. So. If I make it to 80, I'll be happy, but I at least want to try and make it there. You know, I'm slowly falling apart because I injured myself and never took care of it. And now I'm like, oh, I got to go take care of it. And it's like, well, it's a little late. You know, we'll do the best we can. And everybody's like, let me cut you open. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to try something else. Out for, yeah, I'm going to pause on that. I don't feel like being cut right now because it seems like, you know, once you get cut, you don't you can't go back. You know, you sure. can't go back from that. It's very traumatic no matter what's happening. So. If it can be avoided, but, you know, some of the things that they have out there to help repair this is not legal in the United States, so I'm not good at traveling, but it's a whole thing. But I, those are the things that I wish I could tell my younger self. Is there anything that you wish that you could tell your younger self about any of the hardships that you went through to get where you are today? Like, do you have a note that you would give maybe your 16-year-old self? I think I'm stealing this from... Uh, Ryan Sickler right now. So I apologize, Ryan. Uh, but yeah, do you, do you, do you have a notation for people at the younger age for like anything that you've gone through? What, what you would hold on to? Uh, I think one thing that has gotten, 
me through like, you know, some of the harder times in my life is knowing that it's just a season of your life. It's not going, it doesn't need to be forever. Some people, it, you know, they can't seem to get over it and it's not just a season, right? Um, I think as long as you um, realize that is tr- it's truly a season of your life and you kind of have to put things in perspective, you're like, okay, I'm very good at like analyzing, all right, where am I in my life? But, and where do I want to be and how do I get there? Mm. What barriers exists and um, what don't I currently have? And, you know, I, I'm very good at making sure like, okay, these are things I need in my life. And in, um, I would tell my younger self um, to be patient. Sometimes I can be, get frustrated if, uh, if I um, don't immediately like, oh, oh my gosh, like I, it's, it's going to take me a long time to get there. Sometimes I have to like learn a little bit more patience. Um, yeah, but that has taught me over time, um, to become more resilient. Um, the women in my family, um, you know, definitely inherited this trait. We're resilient. We're, we're a resilient group. Um, so I would just say that to my younger self, be resilient girl, you know? Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. You, there's life has a lot of weird tw- twists and turns. <laughs> Does and, it ever? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like if, if, um, you told me like when I was 16, Hey, like you're going to get into jujitsu when you're in your thirties, I would like, would have laughed at your face. Cause yeah. like I was into gymnastics, like, you know, I, I actually, I did have a bit of an interest in wrestling at that point because my brothers wrestled, um, and my high school boyfriend wrestled, like wrestling was like a big part of our family. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And I remember my, um, my brother's wrestling coach was like, oh, it's too bad. She's a female. Like, that's literally what he said to my parents. Well, because yeah. back then there was no female side of anything. Yeah. You know? the, yeah. Like it's very minute. It, yeah. It's, it's definitely come a long way and it's, it's great to see the progress there. Um, so I actually, my, my husband and I have talked about like, we want to put our daughter into wrestling first before jujitsu to give her, um, that background. But Anyway, yeah, that's how I would tell my younger self, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great message because within that, you know, it's not it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Life is never going to be easy as far as I'm concerned. I think that it only gets harder as we get older, actually, which is the opposite of what my parents used to kind of portray. Was that like, you know, we're, we're here, we're, we're the adults and and Mm -hmm. this is, and it, no, no, I'm, I'm where they were when I remember looking up at them and I'm like, oh fuck, this this is, it just gets harder. I was like, okay, cool. So I I just think that's a great message for the younger people out there. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to go through seasons of your life and just remember you'll get through those seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never the end of the world unless it's the end of the world. Right. Right. Yep. It's the only way it's going to be the end is if if it, if it actually is the end. Yeah, and a lot of, and a lot of how you come out on the other side is you know what you do about it. Yes. Yeah, you yes. can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to yeah. it. Yeah. So keep your head up yep. and move forward. Yep. Don't, 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 don't sleep in bed all day. Don't bury yourself inside of your apartment and yep. cut yourself off. You're like all those things are very toxic. Yep. And those will actually hurt you more than anything. Yeah. Like I found like for a while, like, you know, after I hurt myself too with my knee, I felt sorry for myself for a while. Mm. And that was, oh my gosh, that was so destructive. That was su- super destructive. And that was a really frustrating thing to go through. Um, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. And I, and I kind of feel bad for Ryan because like he had to see kind of like some of the that, that dark side, you know, of me being resent, like I was pretty resentful for a little bit, but like once I started getting into PT, like once I had my first surgery and I was getting into PT and I was like, 
getting a little bit better each time. You know, my I started to come back. I was like, all right, my confidence right. is coming back, you know. So that started to go away. But for a while, like, you know, it was pretty painful, you know. I was wow. I was a, a darn angry person for a few well, weeks. See, that's the other thing about jujitsu too, is mm-hmm. like even if I have to miss a week, like you said, because of work, right? Uh, I might yeah. only get one class in. I usually do three, but all of a sudden I got to work for somebody who's not going to be there, mm-hmm. and I have to miss Wednesday and Thursday. And it, it screws up my weekly routine. And then by next Monday, I can just feel the, the – it's not even anger. It's just energy. I yes. just have so much extra energy. And that entire weekend, I was just on edge because I didn't have an outlet. And it just goes to show you how important the outlet is. Now, should I be lifting my weights and maybe trying to get to my outlet that way? Yes. But unfortunately, I let it collect dust. I like to be honest on here. So, but I need to do better at that. But that's something that I haven't worked into my discipline or my daily because I've been dealing with everything else going on. And I'm like, the weights are there. I'll get to them. You know what I mean? So I just think all of this stuff is so important for the younger generation to understand and hear because I just, I don't know. I don't know. They're watching other people play video games today. And it's so weird to me. I've never watched anybody play a video game unless I was waiting to take my turn in front of the arcade. So it's a foreign world to me now. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit. I'm finally the uh, old washed up. Uh, uh, well, uh, I'm not a dad, so I'm just an old washed up guy. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my God, I finally hit the point where I have no idea what's going on out there anymore. I have no idea what's cool. I have no ideas. And I'm just like, what are they doing? And it's all this watching people open things and watching people play video games and watching people gamble. I'm like, people watch people gamble money. Yeah, it, isn't, like, it, isn't, wow. it, isn't it sad when people live vicariously through other people? Yeah, I I'm think like, it's, I, I don't know if it's sad per se, but it's, it, I'm just confused. I'm like, why? Yeah, I'm very confused about it as well. I thought, I thought, why are you watching them play this video game? Why don't you just play a video game? Right, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. So these things are lost with me. I don't really uh, get it, but uh, hopefully... We can keep talking about this. I know there's bigger podcasts than me talking about mm-hmm. the same things that we're talking about here. But from big to small, it's the same thing. We need to just keep uh, reiterating it and getting it out there because maybe one day if we can actually have people that will work for the people instead of themselves, maybe one day we could get the pharmaceutical companies off of our TVs. We could get the doctors actually prescribing shit that's going to help keep us healthy mm-hmm. instead of leaning us towards all of this garbage that they want to force feed us. Um, but before we get out of here, I wanted everybody to see uh, the I'm going to I hope I'm not speaking out of term here, but the monster that you are uh, on the mats, because <laughs> I do have to say, oh, wait a minute, it wasn't this one. This is a good one too, but I saw I saw this one. Let me oh. make this bigger for everybody. This is this, oh I screwed up. Hold on, this is fun too. I like it when I do this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is an editing issue, and I'm gonna have to leave it in <laughs> because I can't edit out what we just said. This is so much fun. All right, let me try this one more time. There you go, people. This check this out. It's a short one, but it's it's great. This is a. Amazing, amazing arm bar. 
What? When was this? This was from February of 2015. Okay. I was a white belt, and this was a Naga down in Connecticut. You're a white belt right now? It, yep, that was, yeah, that like, was when I was a white in belt. In this? Yes. No shit. Yes. And bang. She tapped, and then she had to tap again, which I will have to say <laughs> I thought was hilarious. Because I was like, ooh, she tapped. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Ugh. and I was like, oh, oh, she tapped again. <laughs> so I wanted to show people that. I think, I think that what you're doing is awesome. Uh, you Thanks. know, keep it up. Um, but I do have a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that starting competition when you're a white belt is probably the best place to start doing competition. Mm-hmm. And I've only done one competition. I think I was a blue belt and all those things that you mentioned, the sweaty, the nerves, all of it. That's all I ever, that's all I got when I was there. So Eventually, you turn that energy into like a thought process, and you. Am I too late? No, no, no absolutely not. Am I not. too old? No, 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 nope. Right. nope. I don't know if you saw on one of my stories, but on the IBJJF newsletter, just featured an article. I did see that. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I tell people this story. Um, so one time when I was uh, training at Bernardo Faria's Academy, um. There's this older gentleman that came to visit. He was 73 years old, a brown belt. I hadn't gotten my butt kicked that badly in a long time. And it was, like, easy for him, too. And I was, like, kind of salty about it. Wait a minute. You did a competition? No, no. Like, he was just training. Like, it was was at training one night when I was there. And he was just, like, visiting from out of town Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And it was so humbling, you know. But I was, like not going to lie, kind of salty about it at mm-hmm. first. But after I was driving home, like, you know, that was so inspiring because now I like, I realized that I have decades left in the sport and I'm so happy about that. So, wow. you know, it really, like, you know, the saying goes like jujitsu is for everybody, but it's not for everybody. Right. It's available for everybody that wants to make themselves better. Yep. You know, then in terms of competing, you know, um, it's never too late. It isn't, it's really never too late. Um, but I, w- I do say that it is easier to start competition, like, you know, earlier on, because the more advanced you get in belts, the more technical your competition is. Oh, yeah. You know? So that, that so that's the only reason why I say that's it. That's my fear. Yeah. So, but, you know, honestly, though, if you never compete, you'll never know. Yeah, that's fair, too. You'll never yeah. know. Yeah. Um, in every, like, most people, like, literally, like, everybody that, that competes for the first time, they're the same reaction happens like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for the next one. Oh. You know? So it's just like when you convince yourself to finally go to class, because sometimes you wake up and you don't want to go, but then when you're walking off those mats, you're like, yep, this is exactly where I need to be. It was perfect. Yep. So you get that, you get that same thing when Mm -hmm. you compete too. You're like kind of nervous, get into it. But then when you're done, you're like, I'm coming back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Over time, I've looked forward to you know, I've done some pretty high level competitions last year and a half. Yeah, um, definitely. And I'm so glad because like each time I look forward to it, like, cool. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool to like put yourself out there and represent your school and, you know, you're like, having the team behind you. It's 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 been a really cool journey. Honestly, like I didn't think after having a child that competing was, you know, in my future anymore. I'm so glad to, you know going through this process, it's, I'm so glad that Lucas pushed me into it. You know, yeah. I really have him to thank. Cause he, he saw, he's like, Nope, 
you're, you're a competitor. So he steered me back in that direction. So I'm, I'm like super grateful for that. No, that's, that's so amazing. And I am, I'm so happy that you came on and we had this discussion, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're a wife, you're a mother, you're, you're competing, you got jujitsu. And I saw that you're an engineer. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a story for another time because mm-hmm. I was I, I, I forgot to touch on it. But you have so good. much going on with the jujitsu mm-hmm. and everything else with your brother. It's just absolutely uh, amazing when I hear of uh, hard struggles coming out on the other side mm-hmm. and you're just maintaining that discipline and that everyday uh, better life. So thank you, Sam, for coming thank on the you. podcast. Oh, this has been great. Um, with that all being said, uh, I hope everybody out there has an amazing Thursday. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you later. Later.